You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Constantly staring at my phone as I stroll through these stores. Yeah, it is. Man, look, it's the month of Bama continues. Um, of course, Bryce Young wins the Heisman. Uh, Bama wins an absolute thriller against Houston. We'll talk about those things recruiting going really well. But want to tell everybody this episode is brought to you by Sonos. Uh, Sonos, absolutely awesome. Go check them out. S O N O S dot com. And want to thank everybody for making uh, Locked On Bama the first place you go when you listen to podcasts. You guys are the best. Uh, Jimmy, I don't know what to say other than uh, Bama continues to kick ass. And, you know, I think I'm going to – let's start with basketball because football has dominated and it should, and there's a lot of football to discuss. But I think that uh, let's start with the basketball game last night because they they deserve their just rewards. And, uh, man – what an absolute thriller. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm the host of Locked on Bama. I'm a lifelong Alabama fan. I love the Crimson Tide as much as anything. But I was in Louisville, Kentucky on Eastern time, and I had been to a couple of my daughter's soccer games out in 40-degree weather with 35-mile-an-hour winds. Um, I would, yeah, I was – well, I was in Louisville, which is, what, two and a half hours from where those devastating tornadoes took place, and – um it was the, the weather in Louisville was bananas. I mean, it kept waking me up and I didn't know how tragic it was till uh, the next morning. But anyway, um, so Saturday night I was wiped out. I stayed up for the Heisman, but obviously the Heisman, you know, was eight o'clock to nine o'clock Eastern time. And then the game didn't start until 10 o'clock Eastern time, yeah. which is bonkers. That's nuts. And I fell asleep. Um, but I woke up with seven and a half minutes to go. And I couldn't go back to sleep. I stayed up and got to see the end of it. So I'm not going to pretend that I watched the whole thing when I didn't. But I'm going to say this, that uh, number one, it was not goaltending. So everybody get off your damn high horse about that. Uh, Number two, it was an absolute March Madness type of game. It was fantastic. And J.D. Davidson, um, he's broken the seal. He really did it against Gonzaga. But you could make the argument that uh, he was that was just a one off. He had been playing a little bit timid from time to time uh, until now, until the Gonzaga game. But now that I've seen it two in a row against two Final Four teams, uh, J.D. Davidson's here to stay, at least for this year. And um, he's a dude. He's a dude. And uh, he he really impressed me. He was the difference in the game down the stretch. Yeah, he's done that a couple of times. There's been two or three games this year that have been tight late, and we weren't sure how the game was going to go. And it ends up being a big J.D. Davison basket or J.D. Davison play that, uh, that cinches the game for Alabama. What's been remarkable is that he's been so clutch uh, when you absolutely have to have it. You know, it's not perfect all the time. He still does freshman-type things. Uh, you know, he, he turns over the ball too often. You can just look at the box score, the cumulative box score for the season and see he turns over the ball too much. But that's, that's, that's a freshman. He, he, he does – he does get, uh, you know, the luxury of being afforded freshman mistakes because uh, that's that that's what freshmen do. But in terms of of winning the games and making game winning plays and and remarkable plays at that, uh, he's also shot the ball pretty well. Um, but yeah, JD literally there needed to be two 
game-winning plays in the final 30 seconds, one on the offensive end and one on the defensive end, and J.D. made both. He did, um, and he was just clutch. And this is what I've seen from him in high school, Jimmy. Um, Back when I was calling state championships games with him, uh, he hits a three-pointer to win a state championship as a junior, and um, that's just the kind of dude he is. Uh, He's – He's just really, really good. Um, and I think he's, <laughs> he's good at basketball. Yeah, he's really good at the basketballs. And um, mm-hmm. meanwhile, Jaden Shackelford continues to play like a man. I mean, an absolute man. And look, I'm not going to hold out any hope J.D. Shackelford comes back. Jaden Shackelford. I don't know why I said J.D. Shackelford. Uh, Jaden <laughs> Shackelford comes back for another year. But let, let's play what if. What if he did come back? I mean, I know we got a long year to go here. And I, I'm not even going to look at the numbers yet, but I would assume Jaden Shackelford could be like Alabama's all-time leading scorer with ease if he were to come back next year, right? Yeah, I wonder if that will be a draw for him. And look, I, I'm as I'm as curious as anyone about what the NBA is going to think of, think about Jaden Shackelford now because he looks like a different kid. To to me, it looks like whatever advice he got from NBA scouts last year at the NBA Combine where he. He tested the waters and, and came back, considered transferring, but he's a different player. He's always been good. He was always good. It wasn't like he wasn't before, but he's taken it to a new level this season. He's clearly, when you, when you like I said, uh, it's one of the things I did for On3 this week. I dove into the box score, I mean, the cumulative box score in terms of what does Alabama statistics look like over the first eight basketball games. And, and several things stood out to me. But one thing that certainly stood out to me is that Jaden Shackelford is the MVP of this team. Uh, he makes the most plays, has the most production, and we wouldn't be nearly as good as we are without Jaden Shackelford. Uh, he's also much better physically in terms of uh, being tough. I mean, he's a tough kid out there on the court. That's what I've noticed is the biggest change in him is there's a physicality now to his game. And, uh, and if anything, his shot is improved. I was a doubter a year ago about whether Jaden Shackelford would ever play a single minute in the NBA. I just didn't think he had a clear position in the NBA. I'm still not completely sold on him as an NBA player, but I do agree that there's a better chance now with this new Jaden Shackelford. Uh, this kid might actually, uh, this kid might actually see some minutes in that league. Um, all right, I'm, I'm doing some quick math here. Jaden Fischakoford has a little over 1,100 points uh, career-wise, nine games into this season. And um, so 1,100 points. He needs about 650 to pass Michael Ansley. Um, he needs about 1,000 more to pass Reggie King. I, I swear to God he can do it. I yeah, think he can, he can do, do it. it. He would have so, to come back next year. Yeah. He, he would have to come back next year. But, yeah, it sounds to me like uh, like he could do it. And, and that would be a – you know, with NIL and everything else, I mean, he could come back his senior year and make a little money uh, playing for Alabama. You know, it's not NBA money. But at the same time, again, uh, I, I think he's an improved NBA prospect. But, I mean, my first question to him is, is like, hey, we need to go through the 30 NBA rosters – and count how many two guards in the NBA are your height. How many? How, how how narrow is this window? 
because don't sit here and tell me you want to go to the NBA early because you want to be the first guy in the league at your size because it, it just ain't going to happen. There needs to be other other kids similarly sized. Uh, and, again, I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of that. It seems to me that most of the two guards in the NBA are six five type guys, at least six four. And uh, Shaq, to me, is what? He's like six two. I mean, he might be six three, but uh, he, he's just, he's just, he, and and ball handling is a thing. Even a two guard has to handle the ball really well uh, in the NBA. And I, I'm not sure Jaden handles the ball well, but he does seem to be improved in that area. Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Prize Picks, and this is the God's honest truth. I'm telling you guys right now. I'm gonna go to my Prize Picks page. I've really enjoyed playing for the last couple of weeks. It's been a ton of fun. Um, go to prizepicks.com, use promo code locked on. You'll get a hundred percent bonus up to $100. Just this afternoon, this is what I have. I'm reading it off right now as it's going on live. Uh, I had Justin Herbert uh, over 266 yards, 266.5, and he had 275. So I won that. I had Javante Williams, Denver running back over 67 and a half. He had 73. So I won that. I had Austin Eckler over 53.5. He had 68, so I won that. And so I've won three of my four already. So I'm guaranteed to be a winner. And I've got Aaron Rodgers left uh, over 240.5. And if I were to win that, uh, I win even more. It's it's fantastic. Go to prizepicks.com. Use their award-winning app. Or you can go to prizepicks.com and and check them out. But their app is award-winning and it's awesome. And I have it on my phone tons of fun i'm telling you prize picks is great go check them out you will love it very very much all right jimmy so basketball wise that was fantastic and awesome and we got memphis on tuesday night memphis has sort of hit the skids um lost to georgia and Ole miss by the way an Ole miss team that got buried by western kentucky and our old buddy rick sansbury uh just the other day and um so memphis is really uh they're not doing so hot but that doesn't mean they're not dangerous. They're dangerous and uh, they're talented and it's going to be at Memphis. So it's going to be a tough game. Uh, then we got a game against Jacksonville state. And then next Tuesday we play Colorado state who's undefeated. They just beat Mississippi state. They're going to be in the top 25. This schedule is ridiculous. Uh, and also, Hey man, shout out to Nate Oates, his standing there at midcourt with nobody around him, holding his hand out to shake a hand of somebody that's not there. As if to say, hey, get your ass over here and shake my hand because this game's over, bruh. Um, That was badass. And I know some of the other fans, oh, what what a jackass. Nope, 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 nope. The jackass was practically everybody for Houston except the one guy that helped clean up the mess that they made. So um, that that was awesome. Nate Oates is my hero. I want Nate Oates at Alabama forever. Um, he's just, he's just my dude. And what, what a awesome moment. Yeah. Uh, the end of the game was fun. And by fun, I, I, I don't mean that it, it was cool what Houston did or, or really what anybody did, but it was just such an unusual end of the game with the Houston coaches chasing the officials off the floor for what looked like the right call, uh, you know, anyway. Uh, and then they, and then Nate has his, uh, his, 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 you know, shaking hands with the invisible man thing. And, uh, and then the Houston kid comes out later to clean up the mess his coach made. Uh, and, and wow, it, it was just uh, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of drama there, but 
hey, the, the, the whole game was great. I was able to see the whole game. It was, it was on at a, just a slightly more reasonable hour in the central time zone. Uh, and I did. Uh, I watched every minute of it. Uh, it was very physical, physical game. Uh, they did get a little chippy at times. I think that might have contributed to the hard feelings at the end. Um, and, and, boy, Houston's a really, really good team. Uh, here, here's why I feel really good about where the basketball team is right now. Uh, sometimes it's hard for us to evaluate how good Alabama is because we're Alabama fans, right? I mean, we're probably the last people anyone should ask is, you know, hey, is this Alabama basketball team good? You probably shouldn't ask an Alabama fan. But but here's the thing. After watching Houston last night, um, I know Alabama's good because Houston is. Houston is a really good team. They are loaded with uh, with quality, solid, good players. And uh, the fact that Alabama could beat that Houston team, uh, even, even in the way that they did, uh, Alabama must be good because I know Houston is. Yeah, Houston definitely was. I'm the same way with you, Jimmy. I was really impressed with Houston uh, in terms of their play. I mean, the, their antics after the game, notwithstanding. But, yeah, I thought that uh, that was a great game. And, and here's the thing. I love the fact that Alabama played it and won it. I mean, obviously, but just playing it because Houston's tough as a $2 stake. They ain't screwing around. They got dudes. Um, and while I think Alabama certainly has dudes, we have dudes. We won the game. I mean, we got dudes. But Houston was very um, – they, they looked a lot like Auburn looks to me. Auburn's had – for the last probably three or four years, Auburn's had a bunch of dudes that, you know, the broad shoulders, leapers, attack the rim, play physical, you know, love the game but are mean. And that's what Houston looks like to me. Houston looks like a, a bunch of dudes that um, – they look like they're all 25 years old. That, that's exactly. They looked all twenty-five. Now that you say that, I didn't really notice it like that at the time. But now that you say that, that's a hundred percent right. They look like some of those guys have NBA bodies. They have old man bodies. They don't have like, oh boy, nineteen-year-old kid is really in shape. No, they look like old man NBA bodies. Like like they've been like they've been playing for the Milwaukee Bucks for seven years. Yeah, they look like um they've all had deer antler spray injected to their shoulders. I mean, they just broad shoulders. Um, they all, they all, their jump shots are pure and like they they shoot at the top of their jump shot. I mean, it's just they got players, man. They got they got a G League team. That's what they got. Yeah, and um, that's right. That Robert, look, man, oh, he is a beast. He is, he is a beast. Now, and here's the thing: we got dudes too. Don't think I'm saying we don't have dudes. What I'm saying we is, must we must we have must. dudes. We beat them, obviously, but. If you look at, say, a Charles Bediaco, if you look at, say, even a Jaden Shackelford, whose body has transformed a little bit, I'll give him this. He he, he yeah. looks a lot stronger. But he didn't look like them. They they look like um they look like the guys when you you know you think you've got a pretty good team in your rec league and you're like, okay, look, we we were short a couple of guys this year, so we invited some other teams to come play. And you're like, oh my God, this one team came over and they they're just full of ex you know what they look like? This is what they look like. They all look like ex college players that still stay in shape. <laughs> That's what they look like. Um and um because you know what you would expect some college players to be like, you know, I'm out there chasing women and doing, you know, drinking a little bit, smoking a little bit, doing whatever I gotta do. 
these dudes don't look like they do that. They look like they live in the gym. Um, but anyway, um, I, I mean, I was just really proud to get that win. And um, I think it helped us grow up a little bit. And here's the other thing that I love about it. We stunk blocking them out. And we got practically nothing from Gurley and basically nothing from Betty Aco, And yep. we still won. So this is a moment Some a leader needs to step up on that team and say, we bailed y'all out this time. Y'all owe us one. You owe us one. Next time you got to, you know, and, and something like the Juwan Gary very late in the game that uh, Keon Ellis ended up having an offensive goal tent. Uh, Juwan Gary's got to dunk that. Dunk it with ferocity. Dunk it like right. you move. And instead, it ended up being an offensive goal tent that could have really cost us a game. And that's, I think that's a teaching moment. And it's great to have a teaching moment when you still win the game. Yeah, I think there's a lot to learn. Uh, one of the great things about this uh, brutal, and I mean brutal, non-conference schedule, I've never seen any Alabama schedule or anything like it, uh, this brutal non-conference schedule is uh, all the warts are exposed. All the flaws are exposed before you get to conference play. You know exactly what your strengths are. You know exactly what needs to be worked on. You know what you need to coach around. Uh, and, and, and you know exactly what you got. If you've lined up 10 or 11 cupcakes in the non-conference schedule, uh, you don't really know what you got. But uh, last night was another great example of uh, of what it's going to look like when, when you play a real physical SEC team. It's not going to look any different than uh, than that Houston game. So now, now we know what we need to work on when the matchup is against a bunch of, uh, like you said, uh, ex-college uh, players who have stayed in excellent shape and, and apparently want to do things like form their own SEAL team. <laughs> Jimmy, let's talk for a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game, the grand stage, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days away, and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends such as Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, and Tim Brown, plus accommodations at five-star L.A. hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56, or search Super Bowl on location. That's how you get there. You'll want to go check this out, I promise you. Also, I want to tell you about Built Bar. BuiltBar.com is not the website. It's Built.com. I'm still screwing that up. Built.com, Built.com, Built.com. That's where you want to go to get these delicious, nutritious Built Bars. They are awesome and scrumptious. I forgot to tell you that. I'm adding some more iciousness in there. Scrumptious, delicious, nutritious, fantastic issues, all of it. Um, it's, it's fantastic. Go to built.com, use promo code locked on, get a, get a discount. I'm not sure what the discount is right now, but you will get a discount if you use promo code locked on. These things are covered in chocolate. They got a multitude of flavors. You can't put them down. They're good for a keto or a keto diet. They, they just work and they help you maintain or lose weight. Either way you want to go with this at built.com is where you go to get these built bars, seen them at lifetime fitness, seen them at other convenience stores, seen them everywhere. You can get them anywhere. But if you go to built.com, you can get that promo code locked on and get a discount. That's what you want to do. Built.com for these delicious, nutritious, scrub delicious built bars. All right, we've come to it, buddy. Heisman talk. Um, 
our boy Bryce Young. Um, by the way, I felt his Prince vibe in that outfit he wore. He looked just like Prince. I like that. I thought it was awesome. Um, and you know, Bryce Young is just he's just the best. We are not loving on him enough. And I get it. I get the um the adoration we all have for Tua Tungavailoa. He is our Hawaiian prince. We will always love him. He's the reason that the this Alabama quarterback run started. Um, so he has reason to always be uh, taking up 5% of our hearts. But Bryce, <laughs> Bryce Young is moving up the ladder, y'all. He's a smooth operator. He is cooler than the other side of the pillow. He's just awesome. And he just, he handled that thing with such grace the other night. Um, And I'm not going to, look, I don't think he's going to win it again next year because it's going to take a lot. I mean, see, the problem is now Bryce is going up against the Alabama standard and his own standard next year. So it's going to be very difficult for him to win it again. But I'm not putting shit past this kid because he is downtown. He is the real deal, and he may end up being the best quarterback in Alabama history if he's not already. Well, he's the first Alabama quarterback to win a Heisman Trophy. So if you're going to have a discussion of who's the best quarterback to ever play at Alabama, he now has a, an extremely strong argument in his favor just on hardware alone. Uh, I mean, I mean that, that's uh, – while Tua probably would have won a Heisman had he not had the injury history he had, um, you know, I, I I think it was very possible. And, of course, Mac Jones only didn't win the Heisman last season because his wide receiver did. And secondly, as we've discussed many times before, it was the uh, Jalen Waddle injury. I mean, the Jalen Waddle injury shifted the Heisman from Mac to Devontae. Uh, had Jalen Waddle stayed healthy and Mac Jones would have had the same production or more, but split it between his two receivers. Mac Jones probably wins the Heisman Trophy, but but that didn't happen. So, so just because to, uh, Bryce won it doesn't mean that 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 Tua or or Mac couldn't have won it uh, with slightly different fact situations. But but I will say that because Bryce was able to win the Heisman in his first year as a starter, and he's got at least uh, one more year at Alabama. I think we can go ahead and start accepting the fact or or, or, or using the term to describe Bryce. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'm i fine with anyone that has – I'm not sure I'm ready to take the opinion myself, but I, I have no objection. If anyone says Bryce Young is the best quarterback that's ever played football at Alabama, uh, I'm not going to argue it. Uh, I, he, he, he very possibly is. He's just – he's the best. And um, I thought he won over – America the other night. I mean, if you did, if you didn't watch that and think, "Hey, um, I would like that kid not only to be my quarterback, but my my son, like not son-in-law, <laughs> my actual son." Um, he, he's yeah. he's amazing, and uh, man, thank thank the good Lord we got him, uh, Jimmy. Now let's talk a little bit about um, recruiting from the weekend, and I think mm-hmm. the biggest topic is going to be Damani Jackson. Uh, not trending in our direction anymore, is it? No, I would. Uh, you know, I I was. You know, and and fa- what fans have to understand is is things change and facts change and situations change. Uh, 
you know, three weeks ago, I'd have said Damani's going to USC. And then all of a sudden, I was saying Damani's going to Alabama. And now today, I'm saying Damani's going to USC. And it's not because my mind changed. And it's not necessarily because the kid's mind changed. But there's a pretty easy fact to follow here, and that's Dante Williams. For whatever reason, that's been the key factor in Damani's recruitment is, is USC defensive back coach uh, Dante Williams, who's been recruiting him for a long time. They have an outstanding relationship, uh, and Damani was just going to follow him. As soon as Lincoln Riley this week made the decision to retain Dante Williams on his staff, Alabama's recruitment of Damani Jackson is basically over. I mean, the kid wants to play for Dante Williams, and, and that never changed. The only thing that changed is whether Dante Williams was going to remain on staff at USC or not. And when it looked like he wasn't, then Domini was like, huh, well, if I can't play for Dante Williams at Southern Cal, then I'm going to go to Alabama. But as soon as Lincoln Riley retained him, uh, it was over, and Alabama's just going to have to get another cornerback. And the uh, good news is Alabama has moved into a very strong position on a brand-new name to Alabama recruiting fans, but that is Dalen Everett. Dalen Everett from IMG Academy, uh, who on three sports ranks is the number one corner in the nation, not Dominique Jackson. For on three sports, uh, Dalen Everett is the number one cornerback in the country. A longtime commitment to Clemson. Uh, he was going to go to Clemson, and it was over. He's been committed there a long time. But as soon as Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables accepted the job uh, at Oklahoma and left Clemson, uh, Dalen Everett basically immediately decommitted. He wanted to play for uh, for, for Max Venables at Clemson. Uh, as soon as Venables left, he was looking for a new home, and, uh, and why not Alabama? So, yes, I'm sad that Dominique Jackson apparently will not be playing football for Alabama because I love the kid. I think he's fantastic prospect but uh Kalen Everett is hardly a consolation prize again on three sports number one cornerback prospect in the country uh I wouldn't say he's definitely going to Alabama uh there's still some intel that needs to be done he's just coming back today from his official visit to Alabama but uh I do believe Alabama's in a very good position for him and of course there's still Earl Little out there I mean there, there look there's a lot of positives uh no doubt about it so um, but I, I just want to throw the Dominique Jackson and Dylan Everett stuff out there because I thought those are the two biggest moves for the weekend. Um, of course, early signing day is Wednesday. We'll be all over it uh, here at Locked On Bama, and we want to thank you guys for joining us again. And uh, hopefully we can keep having these kick-ass weekends. But until then, we will talk to you later. This has been Luke and uh, Jimmy, and we're going to say roll tide. Roll tide.